Is Andre Tournier the greatest coach in Coyotes history? I sure hope so because he's going to be sticking around for three more seasons. Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is Locked On Coyotes, your number one daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes. I am your host, Robin Leonio, alongside Matthew Jacobson. Today's episode brought to you by Bird Dogs. Uh, just uh, head over to birddogs.com. Just like Locked On NHL and the promo code Locked On NHL for a free white tech cat every order. You won't, you won't want, you will not want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. We're back on today's episode to discuss some uh, Andre Torrini because he got his contract extension, Matthew. And, you know, for one thing, I feel pretty excited. I feel pretty excited. Yeah, I I am happy they got this done. And I, I just I, I've said it before, and I want to say it again and, and possibly again and maybe just one more time. Andre Torrini is kind of a chad. Like, because this dude absolutely could have justified signing that contract earlier uh, per Craig Morgan. This at the very least was uh, in some way, shape or form good to go as of a couple of weeks ago, but he didn't want to sign until the rest of his coaching staff got taken care of as well. And that is something I can respect because this coaching staff has gotten every ounce of value it possibly can out of this team, these rosters, the, the couple of years in the rebuild, obviously both years in the central, I finished last and then second to last. We are moving up in the world, but you ha- squeeze 25 wins out of a team that probably should have been nowhere near there. And technically, while it was a shortened season before, it's one win more than the season prior where they were supposed to be still sniffing around the playoffs. And then last year, they were just shy of 30 wins. They jumped up another 13 points to 70. And the amount of career years and consistent play and 20 goal scores where we saw, I I think it was out of the four years that coach Tockett was here. uh, We had three 30, 20 goal scores. We had Clayton Keller. Well, I want to say it was his rookie season. Uh, Phil Kessel, I think his last season here. And I am, I'm blanking. I am hardcore blanking the third, but it was a total of three Connor Garland. There you go. Andre Turnier has had three a year. For two years in a row. And I think they're the exact same. Keller, uh, Schmaltzy, and Lawson Kraus. It's uh, obviously that's just a, a one small little stat, one small little, hey, maybe just maybe this guy knows how to handle offense or get the, the best offensive performance out of his players. Only one aspect of the game. And the uh the assistant coaches also have to have a hand in that as well. But just to see the excitement level and how much more entertaining the offense is and how much more consistent it's been. I, I think all of that has to be attributed in some way, shape or form to Andre Turnier. And I cannot say enough good things about this man. I mean, look, I, the, the big thing that the coyotes wanted when it came to getting their next head coach um, at the time when that, they decided to split ways with, with Rick Tockett was like, was look, we want, to be able to find a coach who will be able to who will be able to help develop the young guys because if we're doing a rebuild 
we want to be able to build the young guys and to make them ready, you know, for the NHL. Yeah, sure, you could have pretty recycled your same, you know, crusty old white man every time. But at that point, you know, you have these coaching vets who've been around and they kind of really, really know how to work with more veterans rather than younger guys. What are you gonna, what are you gonna get out of it? Not much. Um, I really like that they when they first hired Turane, that they went outside of the box a little bit. They're like, hey, we're going to hire this guy straight out of juniors. We're going to hire him out of the uh, Ottawa 67s. And uh, he has not disappointed at all. I mean, again, he really has helped develop a lot of guys to help have like breakout years and better years than they've ever had in the past. Yeah, and he also, he managed to win pretty consistently. Just looking over... His time as a head coach just in the QMJHL from 0304 to 2012 2013 before he got a, a couple, you know, cups of coffee a few seasons being an assistant coach elsewhere. They only made, missed the playoffs. Uh, the Huskies, he's head coach all three, all, uh, all those seasons. He only missed the playoffs once and they went to the finals one time. Goes back to the queue for one more season with the Halifax Mooseheads, still makes the playoffs, but losing the first round. The Ottawa 67s, three years, make the playoffs two of the three years. I think the playoffs were canceled in 2019, 2020, or else it would have been all, all three of those years. They also went to the finals, and then he comes to Arizona. And I I I will concede that most of two seasons ago, the first official year of this rebuild was memes. It was mostly memes, a little bit of cope, right? That they weren't act like they weren't anywhere near a good team. They had a couple solid players and a lot of older vets and reclamation projects. And he's managed to get everything out of all of these players, including you got a little bit of squeezing the blood out of the rock that was Louis Erickson. You were able to get production out of Gosses Bear, completely rejuvenating his career and getting more value out of him. Obviously, from GM Bill Armstrong's side with getting uh, him moved on a trade. Uh, we, we're never going to forget first line center Travis Boyd. We're not going to forget Nick Bukestad going from a, a solid middle to bottom sixer to literally this guy is the top six anchor. And I don't know how the hell this works. And it, it just does. It just do. Because that's his, his culture. And when you listen to his players talk. All right, and this is not even like me getting to hear small bits of conversations. This is exclusively interviews. All right, Victor Soderstrom after the trade deadline, they're talking about how you know again the, the team was kind of tore down and they they did need to kind of rally, and the team and the culture they created helped them to rally and have too good of a second half of the season, quite frankly, because of of what they've managed to do here under coach Andre Turnier and general manager Bill Armstrong, I, I've just, I, I got nothing but respect. And this is the guy that I, I genuinely feel could win a cup here because uh, obviously every coach has a shelf life. All right. Coach Andre Turnier just starting off his NHL career. Realistically, he's not one of the greats yet. He might never be one of the greats, but from this point on, he's always going to be someone that I respect the hell out of kind of like Dave Tippett coming in, being the perfect coach for the situation. They had kind of like that ragtag team, a lot of veterans. This was a very young team, and he's phenomenal with younger players and getting the best out of them. And if they keep building and going in the right direction and his messaging stays consistent and it's still bought in in the locker room, I apologize, I'm going a, I'm going a little over uh, on time here. Uh, I genuinely feel like he could be a Stanley Cup winning coach here. 
And I, I have nothing but the utmost respect for the work that Coach Bear has done here. And I am ecstatic. He's going to be here for three more years. Absolutely. And we'll continue to talk about the Coyotes signing Andre Torne to an extension in just a little bit. But first, we do need to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors on the show. And today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dog Tyler Sacrificing Comfort for style when it comes to your active wear, introducing Bird Dog, the game changer in athletic shorts. Picture this premium shorts designed for maximum performance combined with unparalleled comfort. Bird Dogs are here to revolutionize your routine with the unique built-in liner. These shorts offer the ultimate support and flexibility, ensuring you stay comfortable even during the most intense workouts. And here's the best part. Bird Dogs are more than just workout gear. They're versatile enough to take you from this gym to the street without skipping a beat. Designed with pockets that actually work, Bird Dogs give you ample space to store your essentials while you're on the move. Bird Dogs are made of premium and breathable fabric that keep you cool and dry throughout all your activities. Perfect for the trails, the gym, or simply just lounging around. Bird Dogs are the, cer- the shorts that you have been searching for. Order your pair of Bird Dogs today and join the thousands of satisfied customers who have made the switch. Visit birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL and enter the promo code LockedOnNHL to get a free white tech hat with every order. Bird Dogs, where style meets comfort, performance meets perfection. You won't want to take these shorts off, we promise you. All right, I Matt, never take my shorts going. off. <laughs> <laughs> let's keep going, Matt. I, 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 um, I want to kind of retouch on a... A uh, bit that you kind of just said earlier, and it's just the respect for for Andre Torne, and essentially, like we, we we the the report of him signing a contract extension, kind of getting closed, was was there like what earlier this summer, but we did what like they did not want to finalize the deal until he knew that he was able to ink ext- extensions for his assistant staff, like that is huge. I mean, like look. You really want to be able, like, like he really wanted to make sure one that they're taken care of, and two that you know he still gets his guys. Yeah, he gets the guys he wants, the people that he surrounded himself with that have helped lead to the small bits of success we're seeing. Because yeah, no, they are they are back to back losing seasons. We're not trying to pretend that they've he's already won us a cup or anything. But when you look at the expectations, when you look at the talent available, when you look at the fact that this team should not have competed the way they did in certain aspects over the last couple of years. When you look at certain players, Barrett, uh, Barrett Hayden looked kind of dead to rights offensively at the start of last season. And I think it was a 30, 35 game stretch and it was a completely different player down the stretch. Uh, we've had players like even Victor Soderstrom start to show smaller improvements. Obviously uh, that's coming more so from within the system, but I do feel like defensively he was getting a little bit better at the NHL level so many individual things coming together as a result of this coaching staff and to have a leader, this honestly speaks volumes of his character, by the way, to have a leader that could have just cashed in himself and been like, yeah, maybe we'll get my, my assistance, you know, taken care of. Maybe we won't, maybe we'll just replace them. He could have done that a hundred percent. And honestly, even I wouldn't have blamed him because sometimes uh, the people that are around, as your assistants don't have that much of an impact or they are replaceable. That is a thing that, that is a realistic scenario, but here it doesn't feel like that necessarily. And he wants his people and didn't want to sign until that was secured. And while we're still waiting on the official announcements, uh, John Gabodoro did add further context that 
those extensions are essentially right around the corner. And I, I respect the hell out of this man for that because he could have just cashed in, chose not to. We need character like him in this organization. And I am grateful to have people like Andre Turgay in this organization. Oh, absolutely. And I think especially too, since like, um, some of, I think what maybe like one or two of the assistant coaches are probably left over from the previous regime. Um, I think if anything, I think there's at, at least the, one because they, one. they did do Corey a Schwab. pretty clean house. I think it's Corey Schwab. <laughs> I think is the only one, the goaltending coach, the only one who stuck around. Who does a great season. job, by the way. We right? can't draft goalies to save our lives, but we can develop them. Exactly. <laughs> but, but like, but Duhamel was brought in, you know, I think he was an assistant with, with, uh, uh, with Tornay with the 67s. John Madden was brought in with just his experience um, as a great, uh, I think, uh, special, like, I think special teams coach. I think that's what he did for, I can't remember who he, did, who, he, who he was with last. I think, I know he was San Jose for a little bit. I can't remember. He kind of moved around a lot, but he had, he had a pretty decent, uh, you know, decent background on there. And then I'm trying to think, oh, Blaine, For, um, Blaine Forsyth, I think he's like, also uh, like one of the like one of the top assistant coaches in the league right now so it it they were you know i'm glad they was able to take get get all that taken care of and four sides i think was signed over this offseason so i think that was a little bit different but it was the other guys that got their they're getting their extensions i just love it yeah because like i said it, it shows character it shows that he's while he could have justified it he could have done it He's like, yeah, no, I want to take care of my people. I want to make sure that I have the people I want here to succeed. I'm not going to essentially pretend he's bigger than he is in the context of it's all him, which it could be 99% him. All right. I don't, I don't want to sit there and try to pretend that he doesn't have this massive impact in the locker room, but also the kind of people he wants to bring in and has brought in has obviously helped and made that impact. And the fact that, again, loyalty, that's something I respect. If you're loyal to your people and they're good people, all right, they do good, solid work as these people have done. I have nothing but respect for you. 100%. I, all right, Matt, one thing that I want to do too, uh, just to kind of like get an idea of Andre Torne, the Andre Torne era versus, you know, the last couple. Um, in terms of like maybe like putting up against and again, it's only been two two full seasons under under the Torn area, but we can still do a little bit of comparisons to see how we feel about since let's say the last the previous three coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, we all know that the Gretzky era was a disaster. We don't talk um, about that era here. <laughs> you don't we, talk about we, that. We do not discuss he who must not be named, and literally because of how terrible of a coach. And from my perspective, how bad of a person Wayne was behind the scenes, from my own perspective, I'm not in the in group, so obviously hockey people are going to have a different opinion there. I literally can't stand the great one and can't even respect his on-ice talent. Just for context of how bad and toxic that entire situation was, again, from from my perspective, not speaking on anyone else. He coached half of like the latter half of the yachts and he had a 473 coaching record like i don't know the the, the teams he had could have and should have been better 
Now they were not designed to be cup teams or anything. They weren't, but I, I was going back through doing the notes, the game notes, and even like 0607, which was a notoriously bad year. It wasn't like a bottom five year or anything, but it was still a right. pretty bad year and they were out of the playoffs relatively uh, early. Uh, they started off pretty hot. And if it wasn't for a couple of injuries, and in my opinion, just poor coaching, I, I feel like that team probably should have been a little better. Not quite playoffs, but not where they were. I'm just saying that's an era I don't like because <laughs> what, whatever was there was <sighs> Peter Mueller, who had all the potential in the world, and Kyle Turris essentially being told to be what they're not and then uh, one of them was just never the same after an incident at center ice, and the other one only became a really good NHLer. Everywhere else he went, that was not Phoenix. So I'm mad. I got a lot of pent up aggression on that era. I don't want to talk Let's, about that era. <laughs> all right. Let's go uh, and draw um, to um, what many will believe, like the you know, you know, one of the good coaches. And the Coyotes history in Dave Tippett. I mean, mm-hmm. Dave Tippett got the Coyotes to, to uh, you know, to the playoffs a couple times. Got Jack Adams trophy. Three like, years in a row we got playoffs. And it was the bankruptcy year. He got us in the playoffs when we didn't have an owner. He got us in the playoffs <laughs> when we are running a shoestring budget that makes my operation back here Look like it is properly funded. Let's let's frame this correctly. That man took a roster that theoretically had no damn business being as good as it was. It was a decent roster, and they made improvements, and it ended up being a good roster, a good roster, and then a borderline great roster that just did not... I, I'm not going to get into, into the conspiracies right now. It just didn't happen, and that's it. Going to leave that there. All right, but... What this man did with mostly veteran players, players that knew their roles, you had some younger guys, but they were guys that knew what their role was on the team. He was the perfect coach at the perfect time to have a Vegas effect before Vegas was ever a thing in the context of here's some people, some misfits that really shouldn't fit together that gives three straight years of playoffs and a, a conference finals run that, in my opinion, should have been a cup run. I will stand by that to the day I die. That should have been a cup run, and and the Coyotes should have had their names etched in history. But then, then things happen, and we finally get ownership, and they're cheap because they don't have any money. So you don't bring back certain players that could have kept you competitive, but then you want to pretend you're competitive. He was set up to fail, and he succeeded for years until it just wasn't there anymore. And I've never seen him as being good with young talent. So it made sense while they were trying to get the young talent in the roster. It just didn't work under his system. But it still, at least in my opinion, was better than the next era. Better than the next coach. With the Rick Tockett era, which... I don't even... It would, that's... It's... The Rick Tockett era just kind of angers me sometimes. Because the Rick Tockett era, Matt, I think almost every year the Rick Tockett era is a team that like slowly gets better and looks like they like in preseason looks like they could be poised 
to make the playoffs. Not to make a run, but to, to make the playoffs. To be there. To make to the there. dance. But they don't. Every darn year, they don't. They did get lucky with the freaking COVID year when they got, you know, the bubble. But do we all count that? I do. They, they, they had to win a series to make the playoffs. I count it because of that. If it was, if they would have lost, I think it was a five game series or it was either a two or, or, or three or five game series. I forget for the, the qualifiers. If they would have lost that, I wouldn't have counted it. But because they had to win a series, I, I, think, I think it was a five game series where they win yeah. in four or something. Uh, that's why I count it because they had to win that series to earn the playoff spot, but then they died. All right. And, and even like Tyson Nash, I, I have some criticisms of Tyson Nash, but I, I, I will not uh, disagree on this, but he's like, it feels like this team doesn't think they, that they should be here. Paraphrase. Obviously this is a few years ago. It's off the top of my head, but he's talking about how uncomfortable and stiff they looked. You cannot tell me, that is all on the players, partially, because if you know me, here's a refresher. Anytime things are going wrong or right, it is usually about equal percentage coaching, player performance, and general managing and, and roster construction. All right. Yep. All of them have to be together to make it work. So John Chica, at least put together a decent roster. That was a good overall team. Which, by the way, just felt never hit. How much stock do you peak. put into Chica quitting before the playoff even happened? Like, I, I, I think it was kind of the beginning of the end in, in, in a way because, like, everything started to really fall apart around then. And while Chica was definitely a, a, a right-hand man there, this is not the Chica conversation, but talk it. Offensively oppressive coach. And... The, the fact that I, that's why I bring up the 20 goal scorer stat because he had three and four years watching that team from 2018, 2019 until his last season. I, I just, it, it boiled my blood because every single time that team would get together, they'd get it together. 2019. I, I, I just like they're, they're doing well in spite of talk it. And I, I would talk to coyotes fans and read, you know, tweets and opinions because you should be open to other people's opinions. And it's like, oh, he should win coach of the year. One person legitimately told me with a straight face, if only he had Colorado's or Vegas's roster, which for context, regular season were both top five rosters in the league, if not top three. Uh, those current those years, that's oh, yeah, how good they were. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Regular season. All right. And my thing was, so he needs a top five roster to be a good coach. That blew me away. The that loyalty that right there, wanted. right? I mean, it's it's just like yeah, a lot of different things ignored ignored me out of the right talk there. And you know, one thing I, I I love make I liked making jokes of it at the time, but now that I look back, I realized how terrible it was. And that's you know the creation of the uh, the so called short leash line. Like, you're publicly calling them the short leash line, like, at that point. Um, or, I mean, they said they're on a short leash, and then every and then it, it sticks. It's a line name. And it annoys me because, like, all right, these three players, I think, was it? Uh, Keller, Krauss, and, and Garland? Like, no, I'm pretty sure it was Keller, Schmaltz, and Garland. Keller, Schmaltz, and Garland. Yeah, it was Keller, Schmaltz, and Garland. That's correct. Um, that was when Schmaltz was still a center. Yeah, and it they were – talking he was talking about like 
if they're calling a the short leash line, essentially you're like, all right, these players, they're just like, yep, they're they're on a thin line here. If they don't do well, we're gonna bench them or we're gonna do something, break them up. Like you don't threaten stuff like that. <laughs> like that's what's I mean I mean, sometimes it works, yeah. But like if you were gonna make that public, like internal conversations are different. Yes. Internally, completely like that that's that's how it should be like, hey, you know, we notice the offensive potential, but Connor Garland was a feisty player, not the greatest defensively. He's okay, maybe lower mediocre. Nick Schmaltz, I've never seen viewed very highly as a good two-way player. He's fine. And then Clayton Keller at that time was still god-awful in, in his, his two-way game. It was a very kind of one-dimensional game he had at the time. So I understand the concept, but like, why would you make that the meme? <laughs> that the loyalty to Ronta, an injured goaltender, when darts. I remember this conference. I was working guest services. I remember I was watching the game. Ronta was sucking that night, and he dealt with a lot of injuries. But the problem is, he shouldn't have been playing as much as he was. And I'm like, well, they should give Kemper a chance. And so, oh, they'll only go as far as Ronta will take them. Kemper was the reason we got a game against Colorado. Kemper was the reason that we were anywhere near the playoffs. Darcy yep. Kemper was him. Do we the, forget that? <laughs> another grind that reminds me, another grind that you totally reminded me about Rick Tockett is like you would you would you would run Darcy Kemper dry until he gets injured. And it's like, all right, now it's time for Anthony Ronza. You would run him dry until he gets injured. It's like, all right, now it's time for Aiden Hill. Play him for 10 games straight doing a really tough run before you even decide to put an Ivan Prosvetov. And I'm just like, what are you doing, my dude? How effing hard is it to just, hey, here's your starter. You get two or three games. The backup gets one. And do it that way. I understand the concept of riding the hot hand, especially down the stretch yeah. for a playoff run. I get it. They they did it too too much with Kemper, Kemper, it was like it was 23 games in a row. And the only reason he got the last game off of the season after they were eliminated. So they were already eliminated and still he was going to be listed as a starter. He, Kemper said, hey, why don't we give Calvin Pickard the, the start, which is a very nice gesture. But also uh, maybe Kemper's knees were giving out and he should be allowed to take a night like and then a rookie goalie, you know, 10, 11, whatever it was, straight games. He started off really hot and when he started to cool off instead of okay you're getting one night off we're going to give you one hey prosy gets a game it could be calvin pickard i, I don't know if on the raw i remember if he's on the roster at that time or not he was a later addition doesn't matter hey the backup you're getting one game aiden cool off we're going to bring you in for the next game you're like you're not getting thrown out we're just trying to keep the workload balance he didn't do that and this stupid mindset within the fan base was oh well it's up to the players to play same with injuries which i i need to bite my tongue so i don't curse on this show but it's like he let players play injured like like derek stepon playing with a knee brace essentially talking about how he's kind of playing with his knee floating essentially and it's like oh it's the player's decision no it's not it is the coach's decision on who is in the roster and the fact that that dude was so incompetent did not care about the health and safety of his players and was more like like focus on trying to get a couple of wins that this team was not going to get with how injured they were in 2018 2019 but no screw it 
let's let's potentially ruin the players down the line, potentially ruin next season for a couple of wins. They didn't even get that year. And and you lost the locker room, and we're we're saying that's a good thing. It's a good thing that the players theoretically are like, yeah, I'm just gonna play. Yeah, my knee, uh, it I I can't move it. I'm gonna play anyway. Like, take 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 the mic away from me. I I just I I can't no I, I can't I mean, think right. about it. You're right. It's just the man the the player management was absolutely atrocious on. on atrocious under Rick Tyke. He made some good decisions, but for the most part, it was just a disaster. So when Andre Torrini came in and I was going to try to bring this, bring it back to him, it was just a breath of fresh air. The fact that he kind of focused on development, focused on actually making the right decisions. The one grind I do have for Andre Torrini, and you're going to agree with me on this, as I showed with last year, is 11, running seven. the damn 11-7. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, we have more defensemen than we needed last year. I get it. This year, it's evened out a bit more. But yes, the 11-7 needs to die. And the fact that it it was successful for small stretches, I will give it that. I, I hate that the narrative started that, is the 11-7 the new cheat, the new cheat code? That's how you're going to win? No, it's not. It's it's taxing on your players. It's kind of like, what was what it, the one three one. Uh, the one three one system where like it's super taxing on on one thirty of your players. Yeah, no, it's that that's the you know, and that's the interesting thing is as of right now, that's the only grind that I have with Torne, and it's and again, it's not even that bad because again, you you understood it for that situation it was this last season. I'm hoping we and don't didn't see do it, it the this year, year before. It was only last year. It wasn't the year before. But it brought in all the uh, too many men on the ice penalties. Because I, yes. I wasn't sure if you were going to bring that up. I just wanted to throw that in there. A lot of too many men on the ice penalties. Yeah, a lot of weird, just weird bench penalties because of that. It mm-hmm. just, it, it happened. It, it was annoying. Still love you, but... Bear. But that, oh, that was, that, that's your one. That's we... your one. We can joke about your one thing that frustrates me because it's like occasional. You saw me rant about two thirds of the other coaches. <laughs> And that's and, and that just shows you how much we how much you know praise that we have for Andre Tourney. And I think that you know we're excited that he's got another three years, um, which should take us, you know, take the coyotes through some some pretty good years um as they're as they're trying to emerge from this rebuild. Are we gonna see our first uh five hundred season as soon as this year? I I think it's possible. It is I'm not possible. saying they will, yeah. but it's possible they could be around five hundred this year. They're good, but like Steve Peter said, like the the jumps get harder the the higher up you want to get in the standing. So it's like, I'll be interested. Yeah, but I, I and think the they central can be division is a little NHL bit tougher. five hundred. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it is it, it is a little bit tougher in the central division, with the exception of Chicago. Chicago is going to be uh, you know in the in the absolute gutters. Um, no, they're but... going to win a cup this year, Robin. <laughs> Chicago is going to they got they got former MVP <laughs> Taylor Hall. To partner with Connor Bedard, you're not going to stop that line, Robin. That's going to get like 70 goals, 100 goals, even this year, Robin. If you're a Blackhawks fan that actually believes that, <laughs> you are delusion. Love it. <laughs> I, I love how optimistic they get. You, you got one of the best prospects in the game, but it's just <laughs> worst to first type thing. <laughs> 
Uh, Logan Cooley or Connor Bedard? Who has a better first season? I think we already had, we already had that discussion. But oh yeah, <laughs> I mean we say we say that, but we'll see whatever we'll see what other people think. Which one of them is going to have Clayton Keller and Dylan Gunther to play with? Checkmate. Clayton Keller had more points than Austin Matthews last year. Just saying. Anyway, tossing it back to you. We're over time. <laughs> all right. Yeah, we are over time. So we're all going to close things up on today's episode of the Locked on Coyotes podcast. I want to thank everyone for making this show your first listen every day. We're free and available everywhere you get your podcasts, including on YouTube and the SiriusXM radio app. If you like this, don't forget to leave a comment uh, to give us a five-star review to just hit that like button on youtube just kind of really helps us know that uh that uh we're doing a good job here and that we really that you appreciate our work and we appreciate you listening don't forget to interact with us on social media or on facebook facebook.com slash locked on coyotes and on twitter at lo underscore coyotes i'm personally at robin underscore leonio matthew jacobson is at the az sports guy interact with us ask a question you might have we might answer right back or on a future episode of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you guys are staying healthy. And don't forget to how long.